This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. I'm gonna marry the night. I won't give up on my life. I'm a warrior queen, live passionately. And you're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. Y'all gonna end up unemployed riding around in this pile of junk. You're welcome to walk the 16 miles. Or sit in the back of the bus. You have identification on NASA, sir. NASA? I had no idea they hired There are quite a few women working in the space program. Least I can do is give y'all an escort. Three Negro women are chasing a white police officer down the highway in 1961. That is a God-ordained miracle. In 14 days, astronauts will be here for training. And we're shooting a human into space, and it's never been done before. With the launch of the Russian spy satellite, the president is demanding an immediate response. Running from a man. Space test group needs a computer. Catherine's the gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her. You and I are different from each other. This is about inventing the math. Because without it, we're not going anywhere. Yes, sir. That's John Glenn. What do you guys do for NASA? Calculate your launch and landing site. How could you be ogling these white men? This equal rights. I have the right to see fine in every color. If you were a white male, would you wish to be an engineer? I wouldn't have to. I'd already be one. Yes, it's an uphill battle. Summertime in Virginia was an oven. All the kids eating ice cream with their cousins. I was studying while you was playing the dozens. for you all, but in my mind, 
This is Broad on Joy 94.9. I'm Sonia here on Broad on Joy 94.9. Talking about hidden figures. That was Pharrell Williams. Uh, amazing soundtrack to the film, which is out, of course, Thursday the 16th of Feb. Uh, 2017 here in Australia land and uh, we're dreaming about it because I've been lucky to see it and I cannot rave enough about it. So I'm going to have a bit of a rave on this podcast since I actually ran out of time for February the 13th episode of Abroad. Didn't have the time to give it justice. Excuse the pun. I figured that uh, it needs uh, some time to chat about it. It's only worthy that I do that and to try and uh, do the best representation and quality I can as far as a review goes, uh, for Hidden Figures. Yeah, Pharrell Williams, that was running. It's pretty much uh, permeate throughout the film. And it's a great soundtrack as far as the songs go. You've got this incredible uh, sense of time and period where it is set in the early 60s. So, yeah, you get this good sense of of the environment, of what it's like, and I was really impressed, actually. could almost be a kind of a Motown soundtrack, but it's uh, Pharrell Williams and a guest list of some amazing people that do appear in it, including one of the stars, uh, Janelle Monet. She even sings in it. It's wonderful. Something called Yalapino, and I'll put that in this podcast later on. As we go, Lala Hathaway, of course, is in it. Uh, Mary J. Blige appears as well. Alicia Keys. Mm, there's a great um, a great list of amazing women singers and some classics like Ray Charles, Sticks and Stones. I got some Miles Davis, So What, and uh, some fabulous uh, Ruth Brown. So yeah, lots of good stuff there in the music. But we're not just talking about that. We're talking about this film, this phenomenal film. I mean, I can't just do it justice, but I'm going to try. Like I said, it's only coming out this week, finally, after being released in the US for some time. It beat Rogue One at the box office, and it is still climbing high, uh, just doing something that they didn't think could happen, and it is. It's already made $140.2 million at the box office, and it had a budget not too, you know, 
scrappy, a budget of $25 million, but that still is quite, compared to big science fiction and big, uh, you know, space fantasy uh, films, that's damn cheap. So it's the 2016 American biographical drama film directed by Theodore Melfi, written by Melfi and Alison Schroeder, based on the non-fiction book of the same name by Margot Lee uh, Shetley, about the female African-American mathematicians that worked at NASA in the 60s. Uh, well, they went on to work for a while, and the film stars the fabulous Toriji P. Henson as Catherine G. Johnson, and uh, also a mathematician who calculated the flight trajectories for Project Mercury and other missions. The film also uh, features Octavia Spencer as Dorothy Vaughan, and Chanel Monet, as we've mentioned before, as Mary Jackson. Kevin Costner's in there, Kirsten Dunst plays very well, very uh, ooh, restrictive, uh, Jim Parsons, Glenn Powell, and the wonderful Mark. Um, Mahershala Ali in a supporting role. Um, they only started filming in March 2016 in Atlanta itself and uh, finished wrapping in, in May through 20th Century Fox. And like I said, just beating all the odds. It's already been nominated for numerous awards, including three Oscars, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actress for Octavia Spencer, which is great. Two Golden Globes, Best Supporting Actress, which was Octavia uh, Spencer, and Best Original Score. It won the Screen Guild, sorry, the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. This is a film that I think is doing so well already and certainly bringing a lot of attention where it needs to be brought and they're bringing it. My thoughts about the film, it's not a conversion for cinema therapy, but it's a timely and perfectly made film in my opinion, and almost canny that its creation uh, to be released during these difficult times in the US, as far as political and cultural climate and upheaval in the US. So let's examine this before we go, deep diving into Hidden Figures, the film, culture as far as the US goes. Now remember, this is a nation that is factually, it is built on the enslavement and the profiteering from people that were stolen, uh, displaced people from Africa, from the African continent. And of course, after almost, well, 500 years plus, we now have a situation where things are dire it may not be as absolutely heinous as it might have been even up to the 60s but we still have that undercurrent and it really does show in this film look this is more than a feel-good movie it really is it is entertainment and it is hollywood we know that it's 20th century fox after all but it's a feel right movie if that makes sense it's a feel right a no right and most of all an about time the Time is Right movie. Due to, for sure, uh, this film does examine the discrimination that is so ingrained in the structures of American society and culture towards people of colour and towards especially African-American people. But the double whammy is they are African-American women. So it's women of colour who are living and trying to work and sustain their families in a racist, white-dominated, male-dominated culture. And they have to work and maintain and survive within and inside that structure. And in one of the hardest areas, science, maths, you know, physics, engineering, and of all things, NASA. And it's this observation of life within the white world, we witness just how difficult and hard and ultimately how absurd it is um, that these people have to go through what they go through. The life experience surrounded with a background of coloured-only signs, signs that whites only, uh, reminding and reinforcing the view that is commonplace 
the commonplace environment of discrimination in the US at that time. Now, segregation was something that was so deeply part of the culture, it was really hard to break that. And in southern states, of course, in particular, uh, places like Virginia, where NASA had you know, their um, operations at that time. Uh, there's a scene there in the film about the toilets and the, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but about the women's toilets, and in particular, the coloured women's toilets. And what a strain and what a pivotal point in the film it is, just about that simple act of one being able to have the freedom just to relieve themselves in a work environment and to go to a work environment that hires you, that employs you, but you can't use toilets that are closest to you or the best, most cleanest and most best functioning toilets. What does that remind you of people? That's right. There's some stuff in the news that we all know about now in our community, our queer community, where queer people in the US have been discriminated against. Well, this is a very factual and historical reminder of what that is like and how that experience is absolutely bizarre and absurd to us today. It did happen. So that's a real sobering idea. And to put it in a film is so timely at this stage. You know, it's... It's a godsend or a gift. The scenes, uh, I think, as well, that I really appreciated between Octavia Spencer's character and Kirsten Dunst. Those two characters, they offset each other. The white, saintly kind of woman, played by Kirsten Dunst, uh, versus, uh, and she's a manager of the white women who are there as mathematicians and computations. Well, they call them human computers, basically. They actually call them computers and these are human beings between her and octavia spencer's character now octavia is playing uh the amazing uh dorothy johnson vaughan who is an african-american mathematician she worked uh otherwise known as national advisory committee for aeronautics uh naca and nasa at langley research in hampton virginia where the film is set she became the acting supervisor of West Area Computers and the first African-American woman to supervise a staff at the centre. She later promoted, was promoted officially to that position. So she basically, as we see in the film, Octavia plays this character, uh, Dorothy, where she just jumps in. You know, they can't get the computer in the, the blinking room properly. All these white men with white shirts and pants and everything. They just can't get their shit together basically it takes a woman octavia spencer's character dorothy to put things right she's later promoted as as i'm reading here in her actual bio and she taught herself and her staff how to program uh, computers using programming language or fortran she later headed the programming section of the analysis and computer division at langley or acd at langley i mean this woman is just amazing i know that we do focus mainly in the film on katherine johnson or katherine goebel's character but every single one of those characters and i guess the standout three women that are in or the trifecta one could say or the three graces that are the focus of the film um are all equally incredibly intelligent wonderful real people in real life so yeah dorothy vaughan amazing woman uh, but back to the film Ah, uh, yes. So that tension between the white manager, female, who's a mathematician as well, and uh, Octavia Spencer, uh, the, the black woman, 
mathematician, computer riser and computer programmer is is fraught with issues about who's in charge, superiority and racism and also the white feminism card. It's a very interesting scene. There's one scene there, I don't want to spoil it for you, but certainly is worth looking out for and very telling and pertinent today. The subtleties are there, but um, they're also quite obvious as when I was in the preview, uh, people were cheering at this particular scene and you'll know it when you see it. Yeah, the dynamic between the white woman and herself, uh, a woman of privilege compared to a woman of colour who's oppressed because she can't move forward and it's always up to the white woman of how the woman of colour in the computing section, which is about a kilometre away from the epicentre where all the action is, as it turns out, in the film, just don't get that chance. They have to wait for orders or commands from above and, of course, this means from orders and commands from women, white women. So there's that tension which mirrors pertinently and, and perfectly of what's been happening with second and third wave feminism today even. So certainly it's, it's made people laugh in the audience, including myself. Now there's a racial pecking order, I guess, and it involves a lot of sexist structures as well as racist ones. And Dunce, getting back to Dunce, Kirsten Dunce's character simply bristles with irritation at... Uh, having to concede and allow space for the black woman. Uh, there's that scene, and there's a scene where she's dropping off the documents. Um, Dorothy, Octavia Spencer's character drops off some documents at the uh, white woman's office, and just so she can find out some information. She wants to be promoted as a supervisor. She's been acting as a supervisor without the same pay. So clearly the women of colour are not getting paid the same as the white women are. And that is causing a huge rift and tension. So look, bravo to the writers who included that scene. There's another one. There's a bathroom scene I really liked. Again, Dunst's character's evident in there. And also there is um, a Dorothy. So this pops up again and again in the film between those two. They're only tiny scenes, but they really do, you know, in one crunch, let you know what's really going on. Very significant. So bravo to the writers for including that. And the actors, because that couldn't have been easy to do. That's very on point. So it's a real sting and it makes an example of the poison that is racism, of the, the toxicity of it, and the poison chalice of white feminism. Now, looking further, Tyresia P. Henson, who plays uh, Catherine, is pitch perfect as Catherine Johnson. What a lady, what an amazing leading lady, and what a, an amazing character she plays. Very relatable. We see a woman evolving um, across between nine to five if they were black or women of colour. A very, very different reasons and experiences of the glass ceiling that we see for these women of colour. This is a white wall of privilege, of eugenics, of prejudice and of misogyny and white women who don't want to lose what little they have. So that ground that they've taken, they don't want to give it up and certainly not to women of colour. And you get that sense throughout the film. It is problematic and, of course, uh, it's very close to the bone and close to home for some of us. One of the reasons this film is valuable and worthy is a nod at Oscar time. I'm really hoping that it takes those awards. I would love to see it get Best Picture, to be quite honest. I think I think it's, uh, it's definitely worth it. Um, so, ooh, fingers crossed, it's an amazing film. I just want to talk quickly about... The marvellous Janelle Monet, who plays Mary Jackson in the film. Incredible. Uh, another character, real to life, 
and that is Mary Jackson. It is always a problem for people of colour and for African-American people. Seeing a patrol car, a police patrol car coming towards them is a time for absolute terror, a time to be very fearful. So as a modern audience, you're sitting there and you're going, oh no, and you're feeling exactly what these women must have been feeling because you can imagine what it was like in the 1960s. It would have been absolutely terrifying. It must have been absolutely... Oh, just There's just no description for it. Anyway, Mary Jackson is there, and she's the Malvi one, the Malvi broad, uh, played by you know beautifully by Janelle Monet. And at the same time, it's that humour that comes through strong in this film. You have identification on NASA, sir. NASA? I had no idea they hired. There are quite a few women working in the space program. At least I can do is give y'all an escort. Three Negro women are chasing a white police officer down the highway in 1961. That is a God-ordained miracle. Look, there's a lot you could say about this movie with the fabulous uh, energetic music, the retro style of it, beautifully compositioned, beautifully filmed. It's just breathtaking, uh, the fine details and, and the tone of the film. But it's not tone deaf, let's face it. This is a film that I believe will go down in history for Hollywood as one of the few times, one of those rare miracles where a story about African-American women made it to the screen. And intelligent women and, you know, women with jobs, women with careers and lives. And you get that insight. You see three different types of women, basically. You see their private lives and how personal lives are so delicate. Uh, you don't see a lot of men in this film. Um, some of the women don't have men, or we don't see their spouses very... That's not important. We don't see a lot of them. The important thing is about the friendship between the three women and about their role in a significant historical uh, moment in time.
I loved this film, Hidden Figures. I'm just blown away by it. It is cheerful. It is a romp. It is uh, sustaining. It is nurturing, uh, inspiring. It's also sobering. It's uh, satirical in some respects. It has that sarcasm and that dry wit. And it's a slice of life of an era long gone. So for Hidden Figures, um, I'm just saying this is brilliant. I'm very impressed. I'm giving it uh, 9 out of 10. I think it's Hollywood gold, a return to form, and one of the few films, I think, that deserve the accolades that I believe are coming to them. It's just a perfect time for this film. This film in Moonlight, you couldn't get more perfect as far as timeliness, as far as accountability, representation. <laughs> it's perfect. They're both perfect. And uh, But I am pushing for hidden figures to get best picture because I'm a feminist and I want to see women up there getting those awards. They've already done so well so far. And like I said, beating the odds, clearing it up at the box office. Let's hope they can go a little bit further. So, Hidden Figures, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10 here on Broad on Joy 94.9. It's directed by Theodore Malfi, produced by Peter Shernan, Adonna Gigliotti, uh, Theodore Malfi produced as well, Juno Topping, and the wonderful uh, music composer and musician Pharrell Williams, who did the soundtrack. Screenplay by Theodore Malfi and Alison Schroeder, based on Hidden Figures, written by Margot Lee Shittley. It stars Tarishi P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, uh, Janelle Monet, Kevin Costner, Kirsten Dunst, and Jim Parsons. Music, the uh, classical soundtrack or score, is by Hans Zimmer. Uh, the jumpy, awesome music, uh, rock and roll, is by Pharrell Williams and Benjamin Wolfish. Cinematography by Mandy Walker. It's good to see a woman in there. Great eye for colour and tone. Edited by Peter Teschner. Production is Fox 2000 Pictures. Uh, Shonen Entertainment, Levantine Films, TSG Entertainment, distributed by 20th Century Fox here in Australia as well. It came out on uh, December 25th for the US. It's out here Thursday the 16th. That's this Thursday. Runs for 127 minutes. It is a budget of $25 million and already soaring with a box office hit of $140 million and two. So hidden figures, I believe, don't be hidden anymore. And even the name and the title of the film is so fantastic and clever. Hidden Figures, go and see it. Do yourself a favour. Take some girls along. Go as a group of women. Go by yourself. Cheer along. Feel you know, inspired and invigorated. And remember, it's only a movie, but in this case, it's kind of real-world stuff because these women do exist and did exist. And, of course, uh, Catherine Coleman Goebel is still alive. She was born in 1918. For goodness sake, this woman is incredible. Uh, a physicist, a mathematician. Uh, her contribution is enormous for the early applications of digital electronic computers at NASA. Her accuracy in computerized celestial navigation was, you know, never been met, never been, you know, that level. She conducted technical work at NASA it spanned decades, and during that time she calculated the trajectories, launch windows, emergency backup, return paths for many flights from Project Mercury, which is in the film and talked about in the film, including those missions with John Glenn and Alan Shepard, and the 1969 Apollo 11 flight to the moon. How more 
uh, significant and wonderful could that be? Um, and even up to the space shuttle era, she did calculations for that as well. Her calculations were critical to the success of those missions. Johnson also did calculations for plans for a mission to Mars. How incredible is this woman? Like, I can't believe it. She received in 2015 uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and she was included in the BBC series 100 Women the next year. That's it. I'm just saying, once again, please go and see this film. Enjoy it. Um, You'll get some out of it and it will inspire you, hopefully, hopefully, to find out more. And also, you know, science is very important for girls at a young age. And, uh, you know, the whole of society can only benefit and do greatly out of it. So that's me. Hidden Figures, 9 out of 10 from me. Sonia Hammer here on Broad on Joy 94.9. You have identification on Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're just on our way to work. NASA, sir. That's something. I had no idea they hired. There are quite a few women working in the space program. When they told me about the story at the very beginning, it's a story that is true. I just thought, I have to be a part of this. How in the hell did we find ourselves in second place in a two-man race? I refuse to believe that the Russians are smarter than us. Find the genius among those geniuses. My dad is actually a NASA Langley retired research scientist, which is how I got to know about this story. They've never had a colored in here before, Catherine. Don't embarrass me. I knew Catherine Johnson and many of the other women that I'm writing about because they worked here with my dad. I took great pride in the work that, that was given to me. Colonel Glenn's launch coordinates. I have told you this. Computers don't author reports. Fix it. Those are my calculations. My name should be on it. That is not the way this works. What they did had a lot to do with where we are in space and science today. Whose work is that? Catherine Goble, sir. You did the math. I looked beyond. They've been buried in history, pages of history that hadn't been uncovered. How come I've never heard this story about these women who calculated launch windows for the astronauts? We're orbiting the Earth at what speed now? 17,544 miles per hour. NASA offered them an opportunity. They wanted to be treated equally. She is a woman. There is no protocol for a woman. Okay, I get that part, Paul. Catherine. said she wanted this story told. I knew how important it was. It's a story of three women whose God-given abilities were allowed to flourish and make a difference. That's it. These women were the heroes behind the scenes. We all get there together, we don't get there at all. That's empowerment. In the fight of our lives, people. Five, four, three, two. We have liftoff. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard, 
Because I left like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide. Welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise. I rise. I rise. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a broadcast on Joy 94.9.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.